On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from Ron and Anian. Wintertime is a great time to start doing maintenance. If you break down in the summer, it's, you know, sitting in a beach chair by the side of the road waiting for the tow truck to show up. There are two things in this world I don't need right now. That's you and the car doctor. The next day, not a week later, not a month later, the next day, 91 F-250 comes rolling in. Just finished putting away the exact tools I needed to work on this truck. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, welcome. Guess what? Guess who's still an ASE certified master tech? Thank you very much. Um, kind of tough to do, but uh, I did it all in one shot, and uh, I'm happy to be here to report back to you and say uh, I passed. I guess I have to keep fixing cars, and i got to keep doing this radio show, maybe another 25 years. Maybe not, but um, that's okay. I think the boys would like it another 25 years. They get crumb cake now on, on, on show day. and uh, Only should we leave now? So, yes. So, well, you know, listen, if, if you like, only but there's more crumb cake coming, so this way you guys will be, um, uh, this way you guys will be in tune and ready to go. No? Okay, you talked us into it. Okay, thank you. Um, we feed them well here at the Car Doctor. I will say this, all kidding around aside, and by the way, thanks for stopping by, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at the helm at um, 855-560-9900. I almost forgot my phone number. Hey, like that, 25 years of radio. I still actually haven't caught up on my sleep because Friday, I'm sorry, Monday was a uh, it was a brutal day. It was a day of work at the shop. I got in early, and um, I, I adjusted everything two hours prior, so... I was actually up 4 o'clock Monday morning. Uh, I was in the shop at 6.30, did my eight hours of work, left the shop at 3.30, uh, went to take my ASCs. Now, they give you six hours to do this. And it was really kind of funny, and I have to tell you because you're a regular listener to this show or maybe you're a first-time listener, but you'll understand it if you're a regular that the way I do the questions, I kind of get in show mode because I'll sit here and I'll just start banging things out, and it it it, it, it began to pick up a flow it was it was 200 questions roughly 205 something like that and i did them all in two and a half hours and it was just you know read the question first answer zip zip some of them though there has to be more than one right answer and it's really interesting when you get your test score you get your test score at the end they say oh you just congratulations you just passed and some of the some of the questions you were given are part of a survey question portion of the test that are not necessarily graded. Now I'm trying to figure out how that happens because for one section, for example, I, I there was 25 questions in that section. I passed 23 out of 25. I didn't skip any. I answered 25. And yet they're saying there are survey questions in there that aren't counted in my grade. I just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how they do that. But um, I will say this, and that's why I'm talking about it, not to sit here and go, oh, look at me. I'm I'm all pretty. I passed my test. It's really more about the fact that ASEs have really gotten difficult since the last time I took them. You have to take them every five years to remain certified, and I think the last time I took them was four years ago, four and a half years ago, because I always do it a little early. And I have to say that much more electronic, much more computer-driven, so to speak, 
everything had a conversation about using a digital multimeter and doing electrical tests and voltage and ohms testing and how does a solenoid work. Everything, every portion of the test. They had it in transmission. They had it in engine performance. They had it in suspension and steering. They had it in uh, you know, manual transmission. Every portion of the test talked about using a voltmeter. And it couldn't. I couldn't help but think that if you're not comfortable with electrical and electronics, and you're just lost. You're just not going to be in this business anymore. And as the motoring public, I have to tell you that if you really think you can fix your own car, the days are limited. The clock is ticking. It's got to be older. Or you've got to really invest in some serious tooling, and that's going to become part of this industry. It is part of this industry. I looked up statistics. Anybody want to take a guess? I'm looking at Tony. Um, as to how many ASE certified technicians there are in the country? What do you think, Tony? 500,000? Tom, what do you think? Higher or lower than that? Down. Less. Yeah. Tom's right. There are 212,000 ASE certified technicians in the country. That's it. That's all there is. Think of the population. What's the population of the country? What are we, 350 million now or something like that? And 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 that's 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 less than one percent. Now here's the real kicker: how many of those two hundred and twelve? Well, actually, I think this is an addition to how many are ASE certified master technicians? Seventy-two thousand. That's less than the amount of people that play Major League Baseball which Major League Baseball is less than 1% of the population, and look at what a specialty that is. Of course, then the argument becomes, you know I had to bring in baseball here somewhere, fellas. How is it that we're paying baseball players more than a million dollars a year here at a little white ball three out of ten times? They're wrong 70% of the time. But mechanics that have to go take six-hour tests and do them in two and a half hours and answer all 200 questions to pass don't make that million dollars a year. I don't know. You figure it out. Hello and welcome to The Car Doctor. Um, this radio show really is about fixing your car, by the way, and I just wanted to report back on ASCs. And if you are preparing to go take your ASCs, I also want to point out um, one of the sites, websites that I found, and I know there's a bunch out there. If you go out to AC Delco and you're part of the AC Delco Professional Service Organization and AC Delco Training, you can log in and use the AC Delco ASC sample tests. And they did help um, get my brain right to think towards the ASE way, um, I won't say the right way, it's just they have a way of writing the test and you have to know what they're thinking to try and give them the answer because a lot of it is what's the best case scenario. But AC Delco has some good stuff out there and um, as well as Motor Magazine if you're, and Motor Service. Um, there were some ASE primers there as well. But I really think as much as I've ignored ASE over the years, we don't really talk about it, I think that I've got a new respect for it, not just because I passed it, but because when I look at the technical level of the test, the test is so technical from the perspective that it's written that it's 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 really, I'm hoping I don't have to go do it again. It was really kind of daunting, and it, it just tells me the direction that the industry is clearly on the path to, and I wonder what the industry is going to look like in a very short two to three years from now in terms of competency level. Hey, coming up uh, this hour, by the way, for those of you that um, are new, by the way, we're here to answer your questions at 855-560-9900. We're going to be talking to Daniel Quirk. Daniel is president and CEO of Quirk Enterprises up there in Quincy, Massachusetts. 
And I was reading the news this week, MSNBC among them, and Mr. Quirk has really come up with a unique way to help everybody that buys a car understand the technology that's in that car. You know how we're always saying, somebody asked me a question about how they make their droid work with their car, and I always say, do you have kids? Ask a teenager. That's what Dan Quirk's doing. He's got teenagers um, on the delivery of the new cars, and he will they will actually sit you down and walk you through everything and explain the how and why of what it all works. So I thought that was very ingenious on his part. We're going to have Mr. Quirk along this hour to uh, talk to us about it and uh, just how's the program working and some feedback. And we also want to talk to him. We understand he's a great aficionado of cars. He's been in the business forever and ever, and uh, it's always fun to talk to someone like that. But we are here to talk to you at 855-560-9900. Let's kick the garage doors open and talk to Frank in Maui, Hawaii, with some questions about a 1990 hey. Volvo. Hey, Frank, welcome back to the car doctor, sir. How's the weather in Hawaii today? Just tell me. I'm not in Hawaii now. I'm in Florida visiting. Okay. That's where I'm picking up my car to take back to Hawaii. Okay. Well, listen, I, I, have, I have news for you. When you, get to, when you get to the West Coast, you got you got to practice holding your breath for a very long time. <laughs> okay. All right. What's going the, on? Uh, the, the car I picked out was a 1990 Volvo with a five-speed stick, and I want to know what tires. I went out looking for tires, and there are 20 different kinds of tires today. Yeah, and, and, and that's a problem, and there's a lot of tire choices today. I would Obviously, I would take a look at General Tire. I like the General Tire Ultimax, the RT43, if they're available in that size. That must be a 14-inch tire, correct? Right, the 14-inch uh, 185. Right. So, and a lot of the tire, uh, a, a lot of the tire manufacturers have really haven't stayed. Is that right? Yeah, probably. A lot of the tire manufacturers haven't stayed with the older technology or the older sizes, because you know there's more money for them in the newer stuff, so to speak. But right. I would think General Tire does. You can get out to their website, GeneralTire.com. I like anything that General Tire has at the present time. They've got some really good tires, some good tread design, and they're thinking. They're 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 not overthinking the problem. They're just thinking their way through the problems, and putting it into the tires. They've got tread wear indicators. They've got um, different methods for interlocking the treads together to help give the car more stability. So that's some of the things you'll see in the Ultimax RT43. So obviously, if that tire is available, I think that's a good solid all season uh, tire for you, especially to take that car cross country. And here's the big part. When you're in Hawaii, and heaven forbid you pick up a, 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 a nail or you get a puncture on the road, you can always find a national brand like General Tire anywhere. Whereas if you uh, buy if you buy something, you're in Florida. I guarantee you, you go into a tire store in Florida, and he's going to have some private label cockamamie something or other. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. You know, That's like all these. Right, Joe Smith Tire. Uh, you know, a oh, great tire, it, and it probably is a great tire. But once you get 100 miles outside of wherever you are in Florida, you ask for a Joe Smith tire, they're going to look at you like, what are you, crazy? Never heard of such a thing. Yeah, so. I went to a tire place, and they have uh, the price of tire is 68.50. By the time they got done, it was $501 because of complete tire protection, new tire fee, a disposal fee, state fee. They really suck to you. You know, I generally don't sell road hazard, all right? And I think in all my years, and I've been doing cars a long time, Frank, in 43 years, I don't think we've used road hazard half a dozen times. 
right now. I always buy five tires because I don't believe in the donuts. Right. Every car I've ever owned. Yep, I get I've that. Had a full tire in the trunk. I get that. And I would tell you also before you start the cross country trip, make sure I wouldn't count on the vehicle jack. You know what? Oh you, yes, I know that. You, yeah. you, you can, I have a snap on. Yeah, you can find it. Uh, you can find an inexpensive enough. You know. A butt floor jack to stick in the back of the car somewhere, or a, yeah, or a I bottle have a snap jack. On, and yep. then I used to bring the blocks also to yep. block off the other tires when you've got to jack yep. it up. And then have a flat on a new tire. And then because you've got a because it's a Volvo, depending upon where the lift points are, one of the things we're using of late that really helps when jacking up the oddball car, the car that might not have a good support system. If we want to put it on the pinch weld, stop by your local uh, sports sporting goods store and pick up a hockey puck. Hockey, oh, that's really clever. Hockey, oh, I like hockey, that idea. hockey pucks are really indestructible. Um, not only can They've they, f- well, not only can they fly through the net at 100 miles an hour and break somebody's teeth, they can also support the weight of a car on a bumper jack, uh, on a floor that's jack, very true. easily. So uh, that's how well, I would I'm approach that. I'm going to join that. the Volvo Club, so I will have help all the way across. Well, listen, you'll enjoy but, the ride, and people will be staring at you because you know what Volvo stands for, don't you, Frank? No, what does it stand for? Very odd-looking vehicular object. Never forget. Well, I had that. the fifty. I had the fifty nine uh, P eighteen hundred, which I picked up at the dealership I was working at. Yeah. For three hundred dollars, and let me tell you, that was an unbelievable car. Oh yeah, they like were, a forty nine Ford. They were tanks. My father had sixty two Volvo, sixty one, sixty two, oh. and I can't remember the model, but the the four door thing that looked like a, a hard hat helmet going down the road. Yeah. I just remember the car as a kid. And we lived on property that was two acres with a pond in the backyard. And my father took the lawn tractor down, and he got the lawn tractor stuck in the pond. He brought the Volvo out, brought it up to the edge of the pond, put a chain on the bumper of the Volvo, put a chain around the differential of the tractor, and he used the Volvo to pull the tractor out of the muck. Uh, yeah. I, I never forgot that. Those those cars were tanks in their day. But today, today you couldn't find enough metal to wrap the chain around. The, the, the chain would break the car in half. They're not. Well, the um, P eighteen hundred. You take the seat off and turn it around, and you can sleep on it. Yeah, it was that's designed as a bed. Yeah, it's, it's you know, and we've we've made cars so much better today, right? Sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes and less then to is change more. Change the belts, the two belts. You have to take the air conditioner out. <laughs> uh, yeah, less is Only more. Way. Less is more. Anyway, Frank, I gotta go, yep. but um, right. that would be my answer for we'll you. Buy it, and I'll send you pictures. Send us pictures, and uh, we'll put them up on our Facebook page. All right, sir. You take right. you take, take care. good Thanks care. Again. You're very welcome. Yeah, we've spoken to Frank before. I forget uh, forget the exact car, but um, good luck to him on his cross country trip. Hey, by the way, if you want to get out to the Car Doctor Facebook page, we're uh, talking about we've got some information up there about the uh, Quincy Mass car dealer and uh, how he's using teenagers. So the, that's a must read out at Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor up on Facebook. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here. By the way, I should point out 855-560-9900 is the Car Doctor's 24-7 number. If you call that number, 855-560-9900, anytime, day or night, leave a message if we're not on the air. This show is live out on the network and to the affiliates Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States. But we are obviously delayed broadcast around the country as well. 
So if you call 855-560-9900, leave a message. Fast Harry, our executive producer, will get you in queue and uh, talk to you about your problem and put you up here on air. We can talk about it together and solve it for you and everyone else's benefit. Let's get on over and let's talk to David in Chicago, 2005 Buick Rendezvous, and some problems with the temperature gauge. David, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Good. How are you? Um, I just recently bought a 2005 Buick Rendezvous 3.4. Right. And the temperature gauge seems to fluctuate at 221 degrees. The gauge goes from just over a quarter to three quarters. Then at the fan comes on at 224, and it will go back down to like 217, which is just over a quarter where I think it should be. Is it is it going from the 10 o'clock position to the 1 o'clock position and then back to the 10 o'clock position again? Yeah. Okay. And I had the instrument cluster sent out, all the stepper motors replaced. I did the coolant temp sensor. I did head gaskets and had the head sent out and everything, and it still does the same thing. Right. If you look at it on a scan tool for temperature... Does the temperature show any danger of overheating, or is the temperature... No, it, it doesn't. I looked at it on my scan tool, actually, because the temperature gauge itself doesn't have the numbers. Right. But on my scan tool, it shows at um, 217, 221, it's at, like, right over a quarter. But right when it gets to the 221 point, it would just shoot up to three quarters. Right. And then at 224, fans come on, and it shoots back down okay. to 217, right over a quarter. You, you so wanna, the scan tool shows it's fine as far as temperature. You want to know what the answer is? What? And you're going to tell me that you've owned the car since new and you never saw it do that before. And I'm, well, I just bought it right now. And okay. It's always done it since I bought it. I bought it like a month and a half ago. All right. I'm going to tell you that's a normal condition. Seriously? Because yep. well, my, my mother and father-in-law have one, and I, and theirs doesn't do it. Is, but I actually swapped out their cluster with ours, and and our cluster, their cluster doesn't do it in – our cluster do, their cluster does do it in ours. Is is it, is theirs an 05, same car? Well, they have an 05, but they have a 2.6. Right. The 05 3.6. Right. The the 05's 3.4s. It's a it's a actually I'm take that back. The 05 36s can do it as well. But General okay. Motors actually had conversation where that is a normal condition. I'll tell you what, David, if you'd like, send me an email, Ron at cardoctorshow.com, and I can actually send you it's not a bulletin, it comes out of a database that we use in the shop called Identifix. And uh, that's actually in there. They mentioned the 10 and 1 o'clock position. That is a normal condition, and uh, it might help alleviate your concern. So send me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. Hey, coming up next, want to know how to use all those things in your new car? The Car Doctor's got the answers. We're back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here. You know, judging by his bio, I have to say that my next guest really doesn't work for a living because he loves what he does and he's very passionate about it. Dan Quirk is the president and CEO of Quirk Enterprises. And Dan has been involved in the automobile business for a very, very long time. And he really enjoys working on cars and he always enjoys finding ways to connect with his customers. And that's part of what they are known for over at the Quincy Group, or I'm sorry, at the Quirk Group. And it's it's a case that he's he's always coming up with something different. And I was reading the news this week, and there was a conversation as I watched the video clip. I thought this would be very informative. Dan has taken teenagers and put them into the selling process or the, the delivery process when someone uh, purchases a new car at the time of pickup He's got teenagers explaining the intricacies of how all the technology in the car works. And I said, 
this is sheer genius. We've got to talk to this gentleman and uh, see how this idea came to pass. So let's all welcome Daniel and uh, his group from uh, Quincy Mass, the Quirk Ford dealership. Dan, welcome aboard, sir. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, this is not an everyday occurrence, is it? I mean, I, I don't know of anybody else doing it this way in terms of helping helping old people like me to understand the technology of the car. Well, I don't know how many dealers do it, but I do know that we we put this program together five years ago. And, and the main reason we put the program, well, there are several reasons we put the program together. The first one was to satisfy our customers and many customers that buy cars there are all the cars have so much technology in them now most customers that are not tech savvy we would find they wouldn't know how to use the car uh, they they weren't satisfied with the car so we came up with a way to employ the people teenage people high school students that are all tech savvy they grow up with all these items and and have the high school students deal with our customers you've you're you're seeing positive feedback i can tell by the video I, I think one of the nicest things about it is you're also building in a sales force right i mean i'm sure some of those high school kids have grown up and although it's only been five years but have any of them come back to work for you as salesmen on the floor we've had several people come for sales and and the the best thing for the student is they deal with with people and they learn how to work and they deal with people every day and they gain self-esteem they show people what they can do and they ha they have an open an open mind and they understand that there's so much opportunity in the automobile business you know in, in my day and it's funny it, it just dawned on me that in my day we worked on cars we made hot rods and we put old cars together and we took three cars and made one and you could do it then it was very mechanical and that gave us self-esteem, and that gave us confidence, and that gave us a reason to just try and do a little bit more. You've actually found a way to do that without them actually having to work on the car, the process of selling the car, and you're, you're, in, you're, you're utilizing their basic talents of, of technology. It seems like the kids today grasp onto this much faster than we do. Well, most young, all young people grow up with this technology now, and people like I grew up in the 60s, so the only thing that I would be interested in a car is how much horsepower it had, and, and probably, to your point, is you'd put this car together and you'd get the performance. All cars perform well. Now, young people, young people look for different things in cars, and young people look at things different than old people. It's just a, you know, a generation thing. But if you look at, at the cars now and the reason why people buy cars, more people than not buy the technology and what the car will do for them rather than how the car performs because all cars perform well now. When I took my youngest daughter out to, she was purchasing a car, and she was going away to grad school. I took her out to four or five different brands and showed them all to her. And I didn't, you know, I didn't really in interfere on this. I didn't, you know, lay down Papa's belief system and say, I just, you know, gave her a gentle nudge here and there and told her what I thought. And she picked out a Ford. She's driving a Ford Escape, a 2014 Escape now. It's just coming up on two years old. And I said, so what was it about the Ford that made you want that Ford? And I'm, you know, Dan, I'm thinking it's going to be something a feature a color the price she said dad did you see the 
the CRT, not the CRT. I'm dating myself. The 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 screen for the display screen for the you know the GPS and all the technology on the yeah. She goes the Ford has a screen that's one inch bigger than the Chevy. She goes, I want as big a screen as I can possibly see to to see the map and my songs and, you know, connect my phone. (laughs) You know, it was that one inch that that sold her on the car. Out of all the features that the Escape has that I like, it was that that one inch display screen for radio and and, and the map and so forth. Uh, So you're right. The, The kids pick up on the technology at the smallest level. And it it just amazes me. What are the what's the you know the the your customer feedback from this? Do they like it? I mean, has anybody not liked it? Do they feel you know that I want somebody older? I want to you know I want to I, I want an adult. I don't want to talk to a kid. Has any of that come up? No, the customers the customers are impressed with the knowledge of young people. If you look at someone that's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old. They're filled with enthusiasm. They're all excited, all right? The customers can sense their sincerity, their enthusiasm. We've never had a customer that has had an issue with this. Most people embrace it. Uh, They're so impressed with the knowledge of the young people, and even the people that work in the dealership that aren't as tech-savvy as the young people, it raises the bar for everyone. So as far as the customer goes, the people are very well satisfied. Now, you're not just a Ford dealership, right, Dan? You've got got a, a couple of more than a few franchises. Are you utilizing this teenager, you know, delivery program in, in all the dealerships? We use it, Ron, in all the dealerships. Some of the dealerships, it depends on how the management staff connects with the younger people. Ford does the best job, but the other dealerships that, that are Quark, um, you utilize this resource also. Huh. And I bet you, you know what, you're making inroads with the high schools and the work-study programs and 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 all that and you're teaching the kids responsibility and i think that's what i liked more than anything about this story is that you you know you're you're mentoring this generation dan uh, and you know and i commend you for that here on air whether you you. whether you realize it or not you are you know it takes a village to raise a child and you're raising that child and uh, you're doing a heck of a job for it and my our our hats off to you here Um, before i let you go real quick you've been in this business a long time Uh, this story aside what's your favorite car Hard to tell. I like all cars. Yeah. It's hard to say which one is your favorite one. Yeah. There aren't any, as I said earlier, there aren't any bad cars made, but uh, I, I like all the cars. What was your first car? First car was a Chevrolet Corvette. Yeah, see, everybody remembers their first car. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, did you ever go out now that you've, you know, I'm sure you have the means and so forth, have you gone out and purchased that car and have it somewhere and every once in a while take it out for a ride? I do. I have a 58 Corvette that's in my office, and my office is on the second floor. Yeah. And, uh, well, you can't take it out for a ride then, can you? Well, no, I guess... it's better to look at than drive. <laughs> you know, I find that. I have a friend who has a 60 Corvette, and, you know, he's, because I'm an old Chevy guy from way back. I've got a 55 Chevy, and I've had more than a few, and I'll sit in Jeff's Corvette, and he'll be like, you want to take it out for a ride? No, not really. You know, you can't. You have to reach through the steering wheel to to start it, and the wheel is like driving a fishing boat. Uh, The steering wheel is so big on those cars. You look at that, and uh, it's just just a whole different time frame. Dan, listen, the clock's going to take us, and um, I I just want to know know if if you would like to uh, sit tight and come back. I got a couple of more questions I'd like to talk to you about. Do you have do you have an extra couple of minutes? I do. All right, you sit tight and we'll be back to talk to you right after this. I'm Ron Naney in the car doctor. We'll be back.
Welcome back. Ron Amini and the Car Doctor here. You know, we're talking to Dan Quirk. Dan is the president and CEO of Quirk Enterprises up there in Massachusetts. And uh, they have dealerships located all over 22 locations, Braintree, Quincy, Manchester, Marshfield, all over the New England area. And Dan's with us today. We were talking just prior to going away about his method of introducing technology to customers that he's using teenagers as part of the sale. But we decided to also ask him to hang around. Uh, Dan, you're still there. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about you've obviously been in the business a long time. How have you seen it change from the service side in terms of just finding mechanics today? What do you have to go through? What sort of um, what sort of a test is that? It's very it's a challenge to find mechanics. Um, many people don't realize the opportunity that that being a tech, fixing automobiles or trucks or things like that, it's a great career opportunity. Um, we partner with the, uh, with the vocational schools. We, we try to put a training program together, and, and we have some people, we, we try to have our facilities better than our competitors. We buy the best equipment, uh, and we try to make it a good workplace for tech. When, when people say to you, you know, I want my son or daughter to, you know, make a good living and, and retire with a pension, and I'm going to send them to college, and I don't want them to be a mechanic. What thought goes through your mind? Well, it's unfortunate that people think that that's not a, a, a position that, that, is, that is one of prestige and opportunity. Uh, a mechanic, a, a car mechanic, is, is and, and the, the, the profession itself has come a long way. Car mechanics these days that are proficient make make very good money. They have 401k plans. They have future. They have, and the level of pay is commensurate now with uh, plumbers, electricians, all the all the other trades, which it should be because products change constantly and people need to be retrained all the time. And college is fine. And college, we have technicians that did go to college, right? Uh, but college doesn't make the opportunity college only makes makes a situation that that you can find something in the workplace to be a tech if you're good at it you can name your price pretty close now i could i could go back 30 years and ask you what the industry was like then and i know you know the answers to that dan but if i just ask you dan go back five years how has the service bay changed and what's required to work on the car from then till now present day is, is is that just a huge difference, or is it uh, just a little bit? No, there's a huge difference. Uh, you know, the, 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 some of the mechanical items on a vehicle, are the, uh, they're upgraded, but they're the same now as they were five, ten years ago. But the technology in the cars, to go back to our original discussion, to troubleshoot the technology with the equipment and to have the ability to learn how to use the equipment and find something wrong with a car, is challenging. So, so the the level of proficiency in those areas that re, that is required for tech has really changed a lot. And it's going to continue to evolve. Do you ever get a chance to go out to the manufacturers and you know see what's around the bend, the next generation of automobile? Do you know what's coming? Well, the manufacturers are uh, you know manufacturers just to be competitive are always trying to change things that are electric cars now, all different types of vehicles. And, and their, their product plans the next five, ten years is incredible. Yeah. The, the automobile just continues to improve. And evolve. Do you ever think it'll be, do you ever think it'll evolve to the point where we don't need the service department anymore? No, I don't think so. Yeah. It would, it would be tough, right? 
Yeah, everything mechanical breaks. Yep, so sooner or later. Listen, Dan, the clock's going to take us. Um, I'd just like to plug your website for those in your part of the country, should they wish to stop by and uh, see the program or perhaps purchase a car. Why not? Listen, um, I appreciate and admire what you do, and I'd like to give you the opportunity. Is there a general website or collective website that talks about all that uh, Dan Quirk and the folks out there do and uh, people could find for information? It's quirkcars.com. Quirkcars.com. Dan, we appreciate it. Listen, you keep going. Fight the fight. And uh, we'll return. We'll swing back in a couple of six months a year. We'd also like to talk about some other things. We're going to add you to the list of our interviewees if you'd like because uh, you do a good job on radio. I think you've got a second career. Thank you, Ron. All right, sir. You take good care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Hey, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here. Uh, thanks once again. Go out to Daniel Quirk, Dan Quirk up there at Quirk Enterprises up in the Quincy, Mass, New England area, and uh, for all that they're doing. If you want to see the video that we are talking about, he was on. Uh, they were on national news for using teenagers to help people with uh, new car technology. And understand that you can get out to our Facebook page, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. We've uh, published a link to the video, and you can watch it in its entirety. And it's quite informative and. Um, I like the best part of it, as I said to Dan, is that they are helping young people uh, build some confidence and get a sense of of job value. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great mentoring program for what they're doing out there. And uh, we just want to point that out once again. Um, Listen, winter's coming up, and I should point this out as well, that uh, winter's right around the corner. And I want to talk to you a little bit about winter driving tips just before we uh, say goodbye this hour. And, um, just give you the short list. We put together a short list, and we kind of ran it around the room. Some of them were obvious. Some of them were the common things you would do for getting your vehicle ready for winter. Some of them were different. Um, let's talk a little bit about the first snowfall. First snowfall is going to happen probably in the next four weeks. Yeah, I know. I heard you all say that, except for you guys out in Arizona who are laughing. But uh, it is going to snow somewhere in somewhere in the sounds of my voice, and uh, I think they've already gotten it out there Iowa way. Um, one of the things, remember, when the snow hits the ground, it doesn't matter whether you're in a four-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, ABS, traction control, whatever the technology, you still can't stop on ice. So you want to adjust your speed for the road condition, all right? No matter how good the tires are, no matter what kind of technology is on the car, um, all that ice adds up to it's not going to stop, so slow down. Make sure you have good tires. Make sure you have the right tires. Keep in mind if you're in a part of the country where you've got issues with copious amounts of snowfall, you may want to consider putting snow tires on. Not snow tires like you're thinking, but all season or a winter tire would probably be a better way to explain. Understand, winter tires have the ability now, different types of rubber, um, better grip, and um, they are specifically made for that. You can probably find more information out of General Tires or GeneralTire.com if you want to know about tires. Check the heating system. Make sure the heat works. 
get the battery tested, and by all means, check the wiper blades. You want to be able to see the road ahead so that you can adjust accordingly. I'm telling you, you heard it here first. Winter's coming. Be ready and get prepared. I'm Ron Anini in the Car Doctor. I want to thank you for stopping by this hour, and I want to remind you there's another one coming up on most of these affiliates. Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya! See ya!